0: On blast. This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast podcast network, available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Hola.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind to tuning in once again to another edition of the Ball on Blast podcast, where we discuss any and everything both on and off the court in the best league of the world. NBA. As always, I'm joined by my dude, Mr. Andrew Webster Webby. What is good?
0: It came on this podcast the last time, or maybe the last time, maybe the second last time, and pronounced LeBron James as the MVP. I have now walked that incredibly back. I need an absolute mulligan on that right now because. While he is having a great season, there is only one MVP, and we will get to it. But I needed to come out as soon as this podcast started and uh, give a mea culpa to this, to uh, to the Sixers and Joel Embiid, because it, it's been amazing. It's been amazing what he's been doing.
1: I like your energy right now. Webby. Absolutely. Like
0: your... We and got a big game tonight, we're... Shelly. We got a big game tonight. Sure.
1: For sure, and we will get to all that and more. As Webby mentioned, we will discuss Embiid's MVP case. We'll talk about how AD's injury will hurt the Lakers going forward, why no one actually believes in the Utah Jazz. (laughs) There's a couple bigs that could become on the market soon in terms of Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin, and Boogie Cousins. We'll discuss where they could end up. We'll talk a little bit about the NBA All-Star game and the starters getting announced. And I got some news. Got some news on a new job, which we'll discuss at the end of the pod in our Ask on Blast segment. But of course, we start each and every episode of the Ball on Blast podcast talking about your Toronto Raptors. And the Raptors, you know, we're recording this before the Raps take on the Sixers Sunday night. So either way, regardless of the outcome tonight against Sixers, I think the Raptors are definitely back in the playoff mix and back to respectability they got to the 500 mark after a wild roller coaster game against the T-Wolves, but what do you make of the Raptors' recent run back to respectability?
0: Well, it's been a great great February. Uh, and the the thing is like uh, they had a nice kind of soft schedule at the beginning of the month, but have, I have and when I looked at uh, going into this past week, I was like, "Whoa, man, there's some really big tests here with the two against Milwaukee, a couple other games. But I'll tell you, their consistency has really started to show up. Uh, they 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 got OG back, which is huge, huge, huge for this team. But they're kind of falling into their roles. This is what we were a little worried about and what they struggled with at the beginning of the year of with a lot of the change, the turnover, the new players. How are these guys like Fred, who got paid, going to find his role where it, where it falls on this team, a couple of the younger guys, a couple of the veterans that they brought in, but now it's all starting to coalesce. And honestly, even with the injury problems that they've had with Lowry and OG, things like that, that seems to be their consistency through the last couple of years. Like losing guys for a week here, week there seems to be what happens with the Raptors. So these little losses that they have in terms of on the roster don't seem to affect them as much as they would other teams. So they're kind of getting everything into gear. They've got a great coach, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, but these next two games against the Sixers, that'll be a really big barometer of where they stand. I thought the, well, you know how I feel about the Bucs and about Giannis, <laughs> they're complete pretenders. And they're, oh. that's a team that other teams have figured out completely. And we thought that a Drew Holiday deal was gonna make them into like world beaters this year. They look like the same team that they've looked like the last couple hold of on, years. Hold
1: on, hold on, hold on. In fairness, like they were 0, and what, 0 and 4, 0 and 5 without Drew Holiday. Like Drew Holiday is the reason why. Because here's the thing, right? Giannis has been taking teams into the playoffs, making second round exits, but having solid regular seasons with the second best player being Chris Middleton, right? Yeah. So and, but all they've Middleton done is, is just gone. But they've gone back to having middleton being their second best player like drew yet, holiday that's not good will help their it, i agree and so their struggles like they were playing well before drew holiday was out with whatever i think it's health and safety protocols holiday's out with
0: yeah but so, playing well playing well and being the number one seed in the east and and re, like reforming what your team needs to be to, to have longevity long success During this season and postseason doesn't seem like that's what Milwaukee has done. Well, the
1: other thing to remember is that I'm pretty sure at this point, because they came out because to start the season, they were kind of slow. Then they picked it up a bit. And then obviously holidays out now. But I think for me anyways, how I view this team is it doesn't matter what happens in the regular season. Right, like they could finish wherever in the standings, and all that's gonna matter is what they do in the playoffs. So as long as Holiday is back and they kind of figure out their rotation, they figure out their hierarchy in terms of the role definition, what's needed from their stars in t- their stars in terms of Middleton and Drew Holiday, that's what's gonna matter. And for the Raptors, I feel like those wins against the Bucks, which are two massive wins for the Raps. It was a bigger deal for the Raps, if that makes sense. We know the Bucks need Drew Holiday. We know that without Drew Holiday, they're in trouble because we know Middleton's not it. So to me, it told us a lot more about the Raptors being back in terms of where they need to be, right? Or where their kind of ceiling lies in this, in this regular season and into the playoffs because they just showed that, okay, well, Kyle Lowry goes down. Okay, we still got the depth. We're seeing that Fred Van Fleet, is now, you know, taking over as being the leader going forward. like you're not not that you were ever worried about what happens in case Kyle's gone after next season, but now you're seeing Fred van Fleet being the leader of that team. Norman Powell in the starting lineup. I wrote Huge. the numbers down here. in December, he was averaging 8.8 points per game. in January up to 16 points per game. and now in February, 22.6 points per game. That's a pretty solid sample size of Norm being in the start being in the starter's job. And just getting buckets. I think the number is he's third in the NBA since he's entered the starting lineup. He's third in first quarter scoring. And that's just the thing where you're seeing these guys, as you mentioned, fit into place. They all fall into place. And I think for Norm, when one of the guys out, he gets a start. And what does Norm do? He just cooks. Yeah. Right? Like he's he's just getting buckets. And when he's coming off the bench, I feel like he takes some time to kind of feel his way into the game, or he might be on with different guys or coming off the bench. You're going against, you know, the, whoever is on the floor, their top defender. Whereas when Norm's starting, well, that top defender is probably guarding Siakam. And then the second best defender is probably guarding Fred or Kyle. Right? So Norm just taking advantage of the situation. I think this past run of the raps and where the Bucks are just showed us how good the like it, I think it just told us more about the Raptors than it did about the Bucks. Mm, if
0: that makes I don't sense. see, I don't know. I don't know. I thought that if you're the Milwaukee Bucks and you have Giannis at Tedekumpo and you're playing a team that has like clowned you mm-hmm. pretty consistently the last two, three seasons and in the postseason as well, like you got to put your foot on their neck and get rid of the Raptors. And to be honest, like those games, especially the second game was like, I turned it off. Like like, (laughs) this game is over. It's over. And if you look at the top four seeds in the East right now in Philly, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and Boston, there's no question in the first round, if you're the Raptors or really any of those teams in the second half of the, you want to play the bucks. Yeah. You want no, I to play the that. Bucks in that
1: four or five matchup, especially with no drew holiday or even with drew holiday, nobody, whoever is the other team in the four or five matchup. If you're playing the bucks, you're not afraid of that matchup at all. No. I totally agree with you there. I, I, I totally agree with you there. No, I just my think question,
0: that, Oh yeah, go ahead.
1: No, no, no. I was just going to say that the, the bucks it's, it's going to come down to the season to the end of the year. And I think that in the first game against the Raptors, Giannis played like Giannis was, Fallen in, in that first game. It was good. And the second game, the Raptors kind of took care of business more, building the wall, using the help defense, and they weren't getting shooting from anywhere. Chris Middleton was doing Chris Middleton things that he normally does against the Raptors, which is not much. Not good. And <laughs> yeah. that's kind of the outcome that you had. Uh, but that second night, uh, the game was on TNT. And obviously the highlight kind of went all over the place of Shaq not knowing yeah. Pascal Siakam's name. Now we had Kenny Smith on our Tim and Sid show and Kenny Smith said that uh, Shaq was being serious. Like he didn't think Shaq was joking. Like he didn't think he thought Shaq was being honest. Like he didn't know Pascal Siakam's name. What did you make of this whole situation that kind of went, pseudo viral were you taking it seriously were you kind of upset that shaq doesn't know pascal's name like what did you
0: think no no are you kidding me (laughs) these guys they literally have a segment on the show called who he play for okay (laughs) like i if these guys get somebody's name wrong do you know how many times they do this show it's like you and it's not like shaq is a young spring chicken okay (laughs) like these guys are getting older like i have no problem with that right like and what did he say? Like, he's like, oh, I don't know, Pascal. I like Siakam. Yeah. Like, hey, as long as you know the name on the back of the jersey, <laughs> you're good, right? And here's but this, here's is, this thing, is right? this This, this no, is this on, Raptor fan complex that happens, you know, where if, if anything is taken as a slight against the team, everybody goes nuts. But I guess that happens really with every fan base too. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: No, totally. But, yeah. I, for me, it's like, it's Shaq. Like, he's on TV, not because he's a great analyst, not because he's breaking down game film. He's on TV because he's Shaq. (laughs) That's it. And he's having
0: a a great year on TV. I think Shaq's been great.
1: I also think Shaq, you know, I I think for Shaq, right, we know that Shaq's not watching Raptors games. Like, let's keep it a buck for a second. We know that. We know most American media people, no matter who they are, unless the Nets or like the Lakers are playing the Raptors or the games on TNT. They're not watching the raps. Right. To me, at least Shaq is honest about these things. And I'd much rather know that Shaq's not watching Raptors games when he's speaking about them. Do you know what I mean? Like as a fan, I'd much rather be able to say, Hey, I know he's not watching as opposed to, you know, listening to critiques and Raptors fans getting mad because skip Bayless or Steven a, or Colin cowherd said something about the raps. And it's like, y'all ain't checking for the raps and i know y'all aren't watching the raptors so to me like i don't even care about it i thought it was funny i was entertained i laughed about it and that's just Shaq. but as you said it's a raptors complex of raptors fan base complex of oh no we're being disrespected by the american media and it's like you know what we'll talk about this team later on but I don't think they're checking for Utah jazz games either. No, and I no. also don't think that Raptors fans are checking for Utah jazz games either. And they're the best team in the league. So yeah. Should Shaq as an analyst know Pascal Siakam's name? Sure. But it's Shaq.
0: He, right? Listen, he knows the name on the back. He knows the name on the back of the Jersey. I'm good. Now the question real quick, I know it wasn't on the mm-hmm. rundown, but uh, in, in terms of a deal right now, okay. if you're a what are yeah. you cooking up right now? Because there's deals to be made. There's people, there's sellers and there's buyers. There's, and right now, looking nothing. at the Raptors at 500, easily striking, you know, within striking distance of getting into a top four seed of, you know, hosting a playoff game as it were. Could you bring back DeMar DeRozan? No, you're,
1: there's not going to be something major from the Raptors.
0: You'll not think be a so. major
1: addition made by the Raptors. You might get like... uh a big guy added, but it's not gonna be a high profile name. It's not gonna be like Drummond or something like that um you're gonna get like a mid-level, you know like I dare I say like a Baines Alex Len type. like you're just gonna get another big body, I think really? that would be my my assumption um I just think because the way there's so many other things at play going forward, I think they've also found something with going small and just realizing, hey, we know that if we go up against Joel Embiid, and we'll see that later on tonight, obviously, we're in trouble for sure. We'll need Baines's six fouls and use his six fouls accordingly. But overall, our best lineup is going small. And they've kind of unlocked something. And it's something we've been talking about here. We talked about it on the wrap it up pod for the longest time. What happens when OG comes back? And I've always been saying just go small. Get your best players on the floor yeah. for as much as possible. And you know, especially to start the games. So to me, I don't think the the need to go out there and, you know, give up sets to get a big guy. Like who's really available that's gonna put you over the top, so to speak, right? Like trading Norm and then other pieces to get Andre Drummond makes no sense at all to me. Never has, never will. So I don't really think that's a realistic thing to begin with. So I don't know. I, I don't see a move being made. I'm kind of glad that the raps are at least back in that playoff mix so that you kind of ease off of the Kyle Allen trade talk thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's, there's no real right answer to that because I've always believed it just comes down to what Kyle wants. And so as long as they're still in the mix and they're doing all right, I would assume that he wants to stick around and, and, and play it out. Like he enjoys watching these guys develop into them being the leaders in terms of Freddie and Pascal and Norm. And I think he, he, he likes seeing that and he'd want to see that through. So I don't know. That's just me. Could be wrong. Hey, we could find out next week. Masai is working his magic and pulls off some big deal. So,
0: well, listen, like going small right now, uh, tonight and Tuesday night may not be the uh, smartest move because you're running into the best player in the NBA right now.
1: Well, that's a very solid segue, Mr. Andrew Webster. So as mentioned, we're recording this before the Raptors and Sixers game on Sunday night. But of course, we lead to your boy, Joel Embiid, who's on an absolute heater, fresh off of a 50 point, 17 rebounds, five assists, four blocks, two steals. The first Sixer to drop 50 points since Allen Iverson dropped 53 in 2005. Is he the MVP right now? Is it that obvious right now for you, Webby?
0: Yeah, yeah, he's, he's the MVP right now. I, I know we had a lot of fun with LeBron and the what he did to the Cavs in that fourth quarter, kind of made his statement of, like, the guy was yapping at him. That was great for narrative. But when you see what Joel Embiid has been doing night, like, not just coming out once in a while right. and, and, and having a tremendous game, night after night and putting up at least 30 points... At least 12, anywhere from 10 to 15 rebounds, and really changing his game from what it was the last couple of years to what it is now, and really turning back the clock in the NBA of what we thought a successful player his size could do. Right. We were we've been told over the last five years, 10 years that you need to be able to shoot the three, you need to be able to stretch the floor, you need to be able to do this. But Joel Embiid has got himself into shape and his footwork down low and what he can do with the basketball in his hands in the, in the post, whether it's high post or low post is, is unstoppable. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of the pendulum is swung, right? So teams are like you say, going small, we don't need a big guy, but that pendulum is now swung so far that when you introduce a force like Embiid down there, he can take over games. And that's what he's doing. He's taking over the league. And and it's absolutely disgusting. And then now, too, what you're seeing is Simmons, Ben Simmons had a terrible start to the year, wouldn't even shoot the ball, maybe shooting the ball seven, eight times a game. He's now starting to get a little more confident coming from the defense, leading into offense. And now those two, whereas we were wondering a year or two ago, could they play together? Now it's really starting to click and it all stems from the force that Embiid is down low.
1: Yeah. I mean, anytime you're taking your scoring average from 23 points to 30 points, right. And we're, we're in, we're far enough into the season that it's a solid sample size. So for him to be putting up 30 a night and he's stayed healthy so far, it's great to see for, from just a basketball standpoint, because I think, you know, as you mentioned, there's going to be swings in terms of style of play. And, you know, the big man is going to come back because you're going to have big guys who are super skilled, who are able to get the ball in the post and just dominate because, you know, there's so much of these, uh you know, the kind of rim running big guys or, you know, just the athletic type big guys that aren't your traditional, can I give you the ball in the post and can you get a bucket? So for me, it's great to see because it's great to see the counter to just having everyone just Jack threes. And even though the Raptors was Embiid's nemesis, especially during the Marcus Saul, Serge Ibaka era, I was always frustrated, right? Like even rooting for the Raptors, I was frustrated watching Embiid settle all the time for threes and like long stupid twos. And Yeah. yeah, I wonder, you know, I think he's eliminated some of that from his game, but I wonder what the big difference is for him and just the role that Doc Rivers has played. Doc Rivers has long been uh, someone known to do well with superstars. And I wonder, you know, I don't follow the Sixers as heavily as you do or watch enough of the Sixers as much as you do, but I wonder how Doc has impacted Embiid in terms of just that mentality that you're that dude We need you consistently to be putting up 30 and 11. We've been talking about this is what we've needed to see from him for years.
0: Yeah. I'm going to give you eight numbers, okay? Mm -hmm. 10, 9, 14, 14, 11, 10, 12, and 17. Mm -hmm. Those are the free throw attempts Joel Embiid has had the last eight games, okay? He's shooting free throws at an 86% clip, okay? That is... That is getting you from that 23 points per game to the third. And that is, like you say, Doc Rivers saying, okay, big man, get down there. Nobody can guard you. You're the biggest, most physical force that we've had in this league since Shaquille O'Neal. And the refs are going to give you those seven points. So just get down there, get hacked, hit your free throws. And yeah. like, that is what's doing it. And and you're absolutely right about Doc. It was something that Brett Brown wasn't doing and having a real adult in the room with Doc Rivers has done wonders for, for Joel Embiid's uh, performance. It's great.
1: Yeah. Sixers, the top team in the East right now, and it'll be interesting to see from a Raptors perspective, just how, you know, just a, a, to get an up close look at, the improvement, not only the Sixers, but Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons have made uh, so far this season. And with a different kind of looking team as well, when you talk about Seth Curry and Danny oh, Green and what so you're good. getting from Shake Milton and dudes like
0: that, right? Shake's so, back tonight too.
1: Yeah, so it would be interesting to see for sure. But we go from one big guy to another, and it's not really good news. As Anthony Davis is out for at least four weeks as he rests a calf and in Achilles injuries, and it's difficult to think about this because the Lakers as the Sixers were the top team in the East, the Lakers were the top team in the West. They were until this recent kind of stretch where they've struggled, but how will the Lakers fare with AD? Like what is, you know, obviously we know that they'll struggle, but how will they struggle? Cause to me, It's like, this is just going to add way too much wear and tear on LeBron. And that's not a good look. I know what LeBron's been doing early, but he can't be expected to be carrying this at this level for this long without AD. That's
0: too much because it's a regular season. It's a regular season. Exactly. And we were told before this year started, it was kind of floated out that LeBron was going to kind of take it easy. Like he may not play in every game. He may not play in every nationally televised game and then he came out and he was been the model of consistency since the season started but i think that this kind of i know saying that anthony davis getting hurt is not a positive but i honestly think that this stretch of what is it four weeks they're saying and that's being really generous that's being really really careful with anthony davis i think this four week stretch could be a real positive for the lakers yeah It could mean that they can rest LeBron. They can play some of these younger bench guys, Schroeder. We can see more Harrell. We could see more, I don't know how much more Wesley Matthews we want to see, but we could see more. (laughs) But the best thing about this for the Lakers is if they, I mean, they're not really going to drop down to the fifth seed, but if they're one through four, honestly, if they're three or four, it's probably better for them than it is being the number one. Because right now I'm looking at the standings and you'd have to face either Golden State or Denver if you're the first two seeds. And if you're the Lakers, a little bit older team, uh, injury concerns, you won the NBA championship, you've played the most games. If any team's going to come up and snake bite you in the first round of the playoffs, I would not want to see the Nuggets or the Warriors. I'd much rather see... Uh The Spurs, or maybe even the Blazers. You, they didn't they crush the Blazers?
1: You know, yeah, yeah. But you know me, I love the Blazers, so I'm not. I, I know, you know, I know me, I'm Dame's, on Blazers train.
0: But what Dame Dame I'm saying is, is that, real right
1: now. But I know what you're saying. I, I, I get what you're saying. The style mi- of play, missing the, the Warriors,
0: missing the Warriors, not being that number one seed, maybe not the worst thing. I, we're gonna get to the Jazz soon, mm-hmm. but that's a team that the Warriors ostensibly could beat in a seven game series and we wouldn't be surprised.
1: I'd be surprised. I don't rate the Warriors at all. I think they're a nice team. I just don't think they beat really, really good teams. But I think they're they're a solid team and it's good to see them at least relevant in in a playoff spot.
0: They've got one of the best players in the league who can win you a series. And we've seen him do it.
1: I mean I disagree. I know but, what hey, I know what you
0: think. <laughs> I know what you think about Steph Curry. I can't believe no, I'm I, the one. I can't believe I'm the one standing up for Stephen Curry.
1: No, I think that hey, the the Warriors and what they've been able to do this season is has been incredible, right? Like it's a testament to Draymond, I think, and Steph, for sure. And just the leadership that those two dudes provide to a roster that you know you're seeing Kelly Oubre struggle and have a roller coaster season you're seeing Been good Nagel on the Wiggins week. trade true but you're seeing you're seeing him improve slowly and you're seeing Wiggins right a lot of people talking about the job Wiggins is doing in terms of being a solid defender and knocking down open shots and you're seeing him fit into a pretty solid role with that team so it's nice to see but in terms of the Lakers to me the regular season doesn't matter like you just yeah. need Anthony Davis healthy and so even if you got to be resting LeBron. So you're playing games without LeBron as well. To me, it doesn't matter if you fall no. to four or five or six, like again, cause there's no fans as well. So that's another thing that, you know, what does home court advantage really kind of mean? It just means travel at that point. Right. Mm-hmm. So to me, I'd rest LeBron and just make sure that AD and LeBron are good for the playoffs but it does worry me this, you know, it sounds eerily similar to the Kevin Durant thing in terms of, Oh, it's a calf. Oh, it's a slight Achilles. Oh, he's going to just rest it for four weeks and then come back. And it's like, ah, uh, this just doesn't sound good. And I'm knocking on wood. Cause obviously we yeah. don't want to see that happen, but you know, you just got to play it safe and know that you need AD for the playoffs. So if he can come back and give, you know, 20 games, this season or whatever it is, have those games be the playoff games and who cares about the regular season. Yeah. Now LeBron is averaging more minutes, like slightly more minutes, pretty much the same as he did last year. That can't happen. Right. And I mean, they've lost games this week to their with LAD. they can still beat most teams against the top teams, like they've lost to the nets, they lost to the heat who are kind of making a push up the standings right now. They're not going to be able to beat the really good teams without Anthony Davis, right? The supporting cast is good, good but not that good to beat top tier teams. So for me to, to, to watch that and see where the Lakers are, Schroeder being out is also a really big thing. Like if AD is out, Alone, that's big, but losing Schroeder as well, what he brought just in terms of another playmaker to also ease a lot of the pressure off LeBron.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? So they need to get healthy and don't worry about the regular season. Their bones are about the playoffs. I know the LeBron, I was all aboard the LeBron for MVP thing, but be smarter and winning finals MVP is way more important at this stage than winning another regular season MVP, especially in this crazy season.
0: Agree, agree.
1: Um, but in terms of this crazy season, it's about to get a little more interesting because there's some interesting names that could be available as it came out that uh, Andre Drummond and the Cavs are trying to work out either a deal or a buyout. So he's going to be sitting until a deal happens. Blake Griffin, same thing with him and the Pistons and same thing for Boogie Cousins and the uh Houston Rockets. So all of these teams are working on getting separated from their current teams. But of these names, like, is there a situation that you see one of these guys going to that would really help a team making a long-term run one more name more than the other or not?
0: There's the two of them don't really move the needle right now for me anymore. And that's Boogie and Blake. I don't know. I mean, I'd love for either of those two guys to prove them wrong because, you know, they've been awesome players in the past. Now Drummond going to the nets would be interesting, but you know, who's always abused Drummond and like made fun of him and just been (laughs) in his head is Embiid and you're getting Drummond. If you're the nets and you get any of these three guys, it's too counteract what Embiid is going to give you any team in the Bass. east gets one of these three guys that's why they're getting him. but the problem is is that these three guys haven't had a ton of success against Embiid, right yeah so it's like I, I don't know if any of these move the needle i think the thing that moved the needle most of any of these coming out is what draymond said about draymond's comments about what the Cavs were doing with drummond in terms of holding him out and how the media treats that compared to how they treat James Harden, right?
1: Yeah, I thought that was super interesting because Draymond has taken on this role where he's almost becoming a member of the TNT panel while yeah. still playing in the He's NBA. the
0: conscience he's the conscience of the league and he, he not afraid to tell you about it. Like, I'm down with him, man. Like it's great.
1: Yeah, him bringing up the double standards like we know it exists because it's all about leverage, right? James Harden is good enough that he had the leverage to force a trade. If you're Andre Drummond or Blake Griffin or Boogie Cousins, you're not that good, so the team has leverage over you. Mm -hmm. And that's just the reality of the situation. Now, what he's bringing up is a double standard of how these things are covered, right? And how we slandered James Harden for wanting a trade and how he might have handled it. But we don't really slander these teams when they tell Andre Drummond, hey man, you're going to sit out until we work out a trade for you. And it's, it's he's bang on. I thought Draymond yeah. was bang on. And I thought, you know, he was passionate about it. I thought it was cool to see that it was him talking about something that doesn't really involve his team at all, but him as an NBA player looking around at his NBA brethren. Like that was something that was really important for him to say. And I liked that. I totally thought it was cool. Um in terms of these three dudes, I agree with a lot of what you said. The one thing I look, the one way I look at this though is these three guys, Drummond might still have, you know, quote unquote more left in the tank to offer, like on the high end. Mm -hmm. But to me, Blake Griffin and to a lesser extent, Boogie Cousins, if you put them on like the Nets or a full healthy Lakers team, or dare I say Clippers team, I think those guys can help because here's what it is. They might not have a lot left in the tank, but you're also not asking them for a lot. So Blake Griffin going to the nets or Boogie cousins going to the nets. They have Deandre Jordan who is not able to like, he has no chance of, you know, holding down heavy minutes in the paint. If you give him someone to tandem with, and then at least they can share the load and both play 20 to 25 minutes a night, add in some minutes where you're playing small now you're talking about something a little different that gets a little interesting and you're not asking for them to do it night in night out. Maybe have a game where they drop 15. That'll work. It's just adding another grown up who's been there, who's not going to be afraid of the moment. And I think if you're talking about the Nets, even a team like the Celtics, So yeah. as mentioned, the Lakers, Clippers, like that tier of a team. I think those guys can help you for sure. And I'd be looking to make those buyout moves on any one of those guys. If you're talking to a lesser team and cause you know, we'll talk about the Raptors. Sure. I would do it. But what are your you expectations for them coming in? Right. Yeah. Like they're better than Baines. So I would do it. <laughs> right. But that's about it. That's about it.
0: Um, I heard a wild stat. I forget whether it was on, maybe it was on the Rusillo podcast, but they were saying that Blake Griffin hasn't dunked. In like two years, two years? or a year and
1: a half, I think it is. I think it's a year and a half.
0: Is yeah. that true? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy.
1: So it is insane, right? And it shows just where his athleticism might be at this yeah. point. But also, that's with him and not so much this year, but last year for sure, being the focal point of the offense. So a lot of attention on him. If you put him on the Nets right now, I mean, you're going to get lobs off of pick and roll or off of back screen or whatever. Cause nobody's going to be paying attention to him because there's Kevin Durant, Kyrie and KD yeah. all on the floor as well. Like Deandre Jordan is still out here living on dunks as if it's lob city and we know it's not the same Deandre Jordan. Right. So yeah. that's interesting to me, but Blake, I mean, Blake, we would find out about Deandre's relationship with Blake <laughs> or not, whether he ends up on the nets but I'm so interested to see how those three guys will play out and where they'll, they will end up for sure. Yeah. That's what I want to see. But I have a question for you, Mr. Webster. There's a team that as of the time that we're recording this, there's a team that's 24 and six, they're nine and one in their last 10 far and away have the best record in the Fun, fun
0: team to watch fun team to watch.
1: So I ask you, what do the Utah Jazz have to do this season to make you believe they can actually win a championship? Cause I still get the feeling that <laughs> despite nothing. all of this, people don't believe in the Utah Jazz the series. There's nothing. There's nothing, there's nothing nothing
0: they all. can do. There's nothing they can do. They could win every
1: made. game for the rest of the season and you'd still be like, ah, I, you
0: know what? I'm taking the Clippers. <laughs> they're <laughs> like, the Atlanta they're the Atlanta Hawks of like, what was it like five years ago where they sent all five guys to the to the all-star yeah, game? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And everybody – they won 60 – I think they won 60 games. Everybody was going nuts. Oh, who's going to beat this? They're so complete top to bottom. They share the ball. There's no one star. How is anybody going to beat them? This is why, like, I think the Warriors should beat them in a seven-game series just on Steph and Draymond, (laughs) you know? Like, do you think that Draymond is really going to let Rudy Gobert do all that? Like, uh, now. It it is very impressive because it is the West, mm-hmm. and they are it, like super fun team to watch. I don't know if you watch any jazz games, but the way that Not they move much. move the ball around, like, is crazy. And you, you uh, Conley, uh, Mitchell, Gobert, Ingles, are getting a, good minutes from Jordan Clarkson. Jordan, Jordan Clarkson, Clarkson had six man 40, of the year buzz. He had forty yeah. the other night against the Sixers. Like, it's crazy. Uh, they've got a great team, they've got a great coach, but in all reality, can they beat the Lakers or the Clippers in a seven-game series? I, can they? I'm,
1: I mean, I wouldn't bet on that. So No. I mean, and, and that's the thing. I, I And it's funny, they were talking about this on Levitard Show, and it's so true. It's like, my total basketball watching life, like, you know, where I'm able to actually critically think about the game of the NBA. I've never believed at any point that the Utah Jazz were gonna win a championship. You go back to that Stockton and Malone team. I never Stockton thought they Malone. were beating Mike.
0: Right. I, maybe maybe the second year, maybe that second year. No, I listen, I never believed I it. that I love never that I love that Darren Williams Memato core team. Like that right? I thought they I solid. thought they, I thought they were gonna beat the Lakers. I did.
1: They were solid. Yeah. They had some runs, but Kobe was like, nope, no,
0: not going to be able jazz. to do it. Here's the jazz. <laughs> Here's the jazz.
1: Sorry, not going to happen. And you got so figure- whatever era it is, the Utah jazz have good, solid teams. And I'm still like, mm, nah, not going to believe it until I see ah. it. So, and and that's going to be the same thing this year. I just, they're a good team. And you mentioned it. They got a lot like Mike Connolly has fit in a lot better this year. I think when he first got there, there's a, it was a bit tough for him to figure out how what he, he did. Yeah. Yeah. How he fit in the offense. Right. Because it is a lot of ball movement within their offense and he is, you know, a high usage point guard in terms of holding the ball and running pick and rolls and stuff like that. So how would that fit in? Same thing with Jordan Clarkson. He's kind of had a resurgence in his career in terms of finding a role where he can just come off the bench and cook. And you mix that in with the emergence of Donovan Mitchell. You have the defensive pillar in Rudy Gobert. That's a well-rounded, solid team. But as we say all the time on this On Blast Network, there's levels to this shit. And I know Kawhi, Kawhi ain't looking up at Joe Ingles no. and, and being shook, right? So no, LeBron I'm, James. I'm just super interested to see how this plays out.
0: Yeah. Even though that's what I said about that first-round series, I don't see Stephen Curry and Draymond Green being like, "Uh uh-oh, the Jazz. (laughs) Like, no, there are seven – they'd be an eight seed going in there and being like, no, we're going to beat the pants off this team. Like, we're not scared of this number one seed. Like, that's just how it goes.
1: Yeah. Super interesting stuff for sure. For the Utah jazz. We'll continue to follow along that story. As I can't believe we're
0: so like continues. dismissive of a team that's having this kind of a season. We're just like, nah, whatever. They're terrible.
1: It's just a franchise I've grown up with. Right. And for all True. the Raptors fans, for all the Raptors fans that upset about the U S media, always talking about the Raptors in this context, just realize that we do the same thing about the Utah jazz.
0: Yeah. Right? And also realize that if you're the rat, if you're, toronto fan you have a baseball team you have a hockey team you have a basketball team in utah they only got the jazz okay that's it
1: that's it that's all they got
0: and they they still don't care about that team (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: that's crazy uh let's switch gears a little here and talk about little nba all-star action and i'll say this first off like i'm not gonna have the debate about whether they should or shouldn't have an all-star game i think we all are pretty much on the same page in terms of we know why they're having an (laughs) all-star game yeah it's about money like that's it and so us like debating it or whatever like they're having a season when the only reason they're having a season again is about money and bomani jones made made a really good point about it that i never really thought about and he was, he was saying that, you know, he's been at home this whole time during the pandemic and still being able to do his job at home and still being able to collect checks doing his job at home. And he's like, I kind of have a tough time telling other businesses who can't do that what they should and shouldn't do, like on a moral tip, yeah. right? And I, and I understand that totally. And despite whatever we think, just because it's millions and billions of dollars, well, This is the NBA and it's a business and that's why they're out here doing it. Just like anyone else's business doing the same thing. So not here for that debate. We get why that's happening, but March 7th is the NBA, the one day NBA all-star game. And so pregame is supposed to be the three-point shootout. Halftime is supposed to be the dunk contest. The longest halftime ever. (laughs) For sure. And then there's obviously the game where the all-star starters were announced and in the East, we got KD, Kyrie, Embiid, Giannis, and Bradley Beal. In the West, it's LeBron, Kawhi, Luka, Steph, and Jokic. Any surprises there or anyone missing there that you want to touch uh, on? Or are you cool with that?
0: Well, I, you know how I feel about Luka. I love him. But that should be Dane agreed hundred percent i mean that's it I, especially what he's done over the last kind of week and a half two weeks like dame is hold on what he's done
1: basically the last month without cj C- C- mccullum
0: for right. sure for sure since C- cj's C-J. gone down but he's you want to talk about being on a heater he's been like insane he's been hitting logo threes just about every game like his three point shooting is just uh, unbelievable was that and Utah keeping the he did Blazers. that too
1: a couple nights ago?
0: Was that I Utah think,
1: he did that too? I Whoever so. it was they were playing, and my guy just hit the deep three, hit the first deep three, and then yeah. came back down the floor <laughs> off Again. the screen and just pulled it, and it's just like, you can't stop that. There's nothing you can do to stop that. Dame time is real, and well, you know he's just such a good dude to root for. I know. I saw him on the Million Dollar Worth of Game pod, and they were asking him about, you know, the super teams and him leaving and would he ever do that? And he was just like, my mentality is different. Like I understand the media and all that, but the media isn't going to gas me up to tell me my career ain't worth shit because I didn't win a championship. Right. And I thought that was a really cool perspective. He's like, I'm trying to do so many other things outside of the game of basketball and with my charities and with the stuff I'm doing in the community, like that, I want to be my legacy, the jobs and opportunities I'm able to give other people to give my family. That's my legacy. I'm, I love basketball. I want to win, but y'all ain't going to trick me into thinking my career didn't mean anything if I don't win a championship. So So, jumping to another team. Nah.
0: And that's what I love the shit out of that. And that's what I love. Like, I mean, he didn't make the NBA all-star starters. Do you know who doesn't care the most? Is Dane, <laughs> you know? They could to come put, out and still cook. That's it, man. That's it. Yeah. So other than that, no. I, everybody, the only one other one that I was like, eh, was Harden. I maybe would have put Harden in instead of Kyrie. Interesting, yeah. No, but I could that's that. just me.
1: Yeah, I mean, Harden's obviously I would assume still going to make the the All-Star team. If it's an All-Star
0: assume. and if it's an All-Star game, you know, James Harden's going to be there. Hey, where is Atlanta.
1: it? It's in Atlanta. Oh, oh my it's god. In the ATL. Guys, and they're trying to tell pe- the business owners and stuff don't throw All-Star parties. It's like, come on. Guys Atlanta's got his table in Magic City. City.
0: Yeah, right? Guy's got his table in Magic City reserved already. Don't worry about like,
1: it. Like, come on. What are we doing here? Uh, but yeah, all-star game coming up soon in about what really two soon. weeks, March 7th. Yeah. So there'll be more. And of course, when we get back, we'll talk about uh, who makes, who rounds out the full NBA all-star teams and all that. We'll have that discussion for sure when the time draws near, but as always, we close the on blast podcast or the ball on blast podcast with a segment called ask on blast.
0: And Sheldon, let me ask you, uh, <laughs> do you have any news you'd like to share?
1: Um yes, I guess I can fully talk about it now because we've been there's been some stuff going on behind the scenes. I'll say that. But yeah, I got a new job. And
0: uh Ooh. so for the past, are you working at the Canada Post or
1: <laughs> I'm still at Sportsnet. I'm still still there, still at the same company at Sportsnet. And as people who follow the pod know, I've been working on Tim and Sid since it launched. Um six years ago, almost six years ago. Wow! And uh, so obviously there's a lot going on there in Tim and Sid land lately, but an opportunity came up for me to uh, basically be the first man in and trying to boost up a basketball department at Sportsnet. And so, you know, I kind of jumped on that opportunity once it was, you know, available to me and, you know, I'm excited. I look forward to it. And it's really fun. Obviously, I love basketball. I put a lot of time in the basketball. The game of basketball has given me a lot. It's given me my livelihood. Um, I work every day on a sports show and then come home to talk about basketball <laughs> most often than not. So this job is really uh, excited, exciting for me. And it's a great opportunity to try to keep pushing the game forward, not only in this country, but on a bunch of different platforms and stuff. And that's really cool. And this content creation game is is a fun one. And I, and I love it. So to say that my sole focus now is going to be, uh, on the Raptors broadcasts that are on Sportsnet, I can't wait to start. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm excited because I get to talk about it on this platform that we created because this platform that we created is such a huge reason and a huge part of me being able to get a job like that. So I don't take that for granted and I'm still going to be doing all this stuff here on the On Blast Network, uh, doing our Ball On Blast pod and wrap it up and all that stuff. So don't worry, that stuff's not going anywhere um, for now. There could be some other stuff bubbling, but we'll deal with that when that time comes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just super excited and you know, I wanted to actually come on the pod and just thank you guys thank you for being part of the movement webby thank our listeners and our viewers and everybody who's ever watched the pod or liked the pod or subscribed or told their friends about it you guys are all a part of all this and you know i feel like i share a lot of my life on here with this pod and what's going on good and bad so um, it was just fitting for me to be able to come on here and talk about that and kind of announce that because I haven't tweeted about it. I haven't said anything about it publicly yet. They just started sending the internal emails out. So yeah, that means a lot for me. And also, also, also something that I know that's super important to you as well, because you came up in the same spots as me, Webby. Um, this is obviously going to be my last week working on Tim on the Tim and Sid show. And the Tim and Sid show in its current form is coming to an end and they're going to revamp it and keep it going forward with Timmy. But as people know, Sid is leaving to go uh, work on breakfast television. And for me, I mean, I'll let you go in a sec, because I know you got thoughts too. those two dudes are a huge reason why I do why I, what I do, because getting to have a front row seat and watching those dudes you know, for the past damn near 20 years, do what they do. Everybody who's trying to just be on a mic and have fun and be off the cuff and make jokes and make people laugh. You're doing that because you grew up on some level watching what Tim and Sid did. And I don't say that lightly. I don't take that for granted. I mean, I worked at the score way back when, or wanted to work at the score way back when, because of moments like just having the wheel on a loop, over and over again because the score was the only place showing basketball highlights. And I remember hearing a dude yell T Mac" to the rack, like, Whoa. And later on would come to find out that that's Tim McAuliffe. <laughs> right. So it's like, it's always been a part of my life. It's always been a part of my career. And so, yeah, I mean, coming up on the lap, my last week, working with those dudes on this show, it was really, really like, it's a, it's a crazy moment. It's a surreal moment and it's going to be a lot of fun with, with this being the last week. But those two guys, man, I mean, those are the OGs. Those are my OGs. Like I learned so much shit from those two dudes in terms of just how to, how to learn, how to be you on air and how to be confident in being you on air and just not listening, like shouting out the noise and just knowing and being confident in your abilities and what you do. And the fact that they do it in they are two different dudes that do it in two completely different ways. So for me, if I think a lot of the problem or like, if I say us to make this more of a broader scope, when you looked out at the media landscape and said, well, there's not people like me or who look like me who, or who sound like me. And I'm not saying this is just a black or white thing. I'm saying this as in the general terms, right? If you looked out there and you said, well, there's not people who look like, like me or whatever doing this in the game. Well, you were able to look at them and say, well, those two dudes weren't your stereotypical on air dudes and they found a way to make it work. And to me, that is a lasting legacy that will continue as they move on to bigger and better things. So, Uh, yeah.
0: I'm right there with you, uh, worked, uh, for the score. Uh, and the reason that I wanted to work for the score was because I saw myself, I heard myself on the channel and we talk about for the culture a lot on this podcast Mm -hmm. and honestly that's what the score was it was the first time i'd ever seen sports highlights sports talk kind of put that way where it was relatable to somebody young and dumb like i was back then (laughs) and yeah tim and sid were like instrumental in what i ended up doing at the score and Sportsnet, mm-hmm. and the one thing that i will say about both of them you're absolutely right two totally different people two totally different personalities two totally uh, different ways that they went about it but the one thing that they both had in common was how hard they worked oh. and their work ethic it wasn't like oh, yeah. and that was like a big wake-up call for me when i mm-hmm. was there it was like i thought it was just like you roll out of bed you get the script and you're funny yeah. i didn't realize how much work those guys yeah do and it's incredible and then all the work that is done behind the scenes it's not just like this happens like instantly right it's all the hard work from the whole team and being a part of that team even a little bit was like amazing now yeah Shelly going on to work for the Raptors broadcast is like insane guys okay (laughs) because not only is this guy got all the talent in the world he was doing something that he loved in terms of Tim and Sid, but now he gets to bring all of this creati- creativity that you get to see in Wrap It Up podcast and this podcast and everything else. But having Shelly here on the inside of a Raptors broadcast only means great things for basketball fans across the country, you know? So congratulations. I can't wait to uh, see how it starts and how it evolves and uh, your ever-expanding role in what uh, Sportsnet's going to be doing with uh, round ball. I can't wait. It's going to be great.
1: Thanks, man. I re- I really appreciate you saying all that. And, and you know, it's it's interesting because as I settle into kind of what's happening or what's going on in this moment, it's crazy how the how you connect the dots sometimes, right? And like getting this new job, it's kind of cool because obviously I've been working really hard on a bunch of different things. And, you know, I've always said that doing all these extra podcasts and all this stuff, people from the outside looking in, probably think my intentions or my goals are different than what my actual goals oh, are. Yeah. And and one of the things that I had to get over was knowing that I can't control that, right? right? And so then not worrying about it and just knowing that in my mind, I know the things that I want to accomplish and the things that I want to be able to develop and do all that. And so it's really cool to um, get the opportunity and have, have someone want you to be a part of their team and develop and build their team. So I'm really excited on that end. But the thing I I will say in terms of connecting the dots, people would always ask and wonder like, yo, man, like how or why do you work on a show during the day and then come home and do all these other pods? And to me, it always just seemed normal. And as I connect the dots, the reason why it seemed normal was because I came up under motherfuckers like Sid, Tim, Cab, like those were the dudes that when I first came into the industry that I was looking up to and I seen them bust their ass. So that's the only way I know, right? Like the mentality was always to work hard. The mentality is to put in a lot of work, but at the end of the day, it just became normal to always be working, always be thinking, always trying to create, always trying to push barriers. And so how all these things and the timelines connect is crazy. And I'm happy for, um, I'm happy for the opportunity, but I'm also happy for Tim and Sid to see what's next for the both of them and Man. for what this week is going to be in terms of celebrating what they were able to accomplish over the past, how, So, yeah. Yeah. Um, an interesting way to wrap up the pod this week, yeah. but uh, on a high note for sure. And uh, super happy as well to talk about this with you, my dude, Mr. Andrew Webster, for sure. And um, where can the people find you though, man, to talk about Embiid or Slander Embiid because they're salty after the performances that are coming up.
0: <laughs> against. surprise. Bring, me, bring <laughs> me your Embiid slander. Uh, I, on Twitter, at AWebster84, and on Instagram, same thing, at AWebster84.
1: And you can find me still on twitter talking shit at shell alexander on instagram at sheldon alexander uh like and subscribe to the podcast uh wherever you get your podcasts on apple music or apple podcast part of me spotify soundcloud and on youtube youtube just go on and search on blast podcast or sheldon alexander like and subscribe there that's really how you support and really keep the train moving on these things and these things that we're doing here um Yeah, just keep telling your friends. That's how we're able to build this and have an audience and have me get to a point where I'm able to show people in interviews, in meetings and say, yo, this fan base exists. Like we can hit these this fan base. It's proof of concept, right? And that's a a really big part. So I don't take it for granted and I don't say this lightly at all. I mean it in saying thank you to everyone who's ever watched or listened or subscribed or told their friends about the pod i really do appreciate it and we also got a twitch channel which you can find us there as well um that's at uh just go to twitch and it's on blast podcast you can find us there so we're just continuing to build man always continuing to build and know that you always pay homage to your ogs that showed you a lot along the way as well so huge shouts to that as as well and um gonna wrap up here because i'm just starting to ramble a bit and get a little <laughs> fired up because there's lots going on behind the scenes with us and with the nba of course so tune in next time for wherever we have this uh ball on blast podcast and know that on the on blast podcast network we got uh wrap it up which is still live after each and every toronto raptors game on all those platforms i just mentioned twitch twitter youtube instagram and uh, of course, we got the challenge pod still up and rolling each and every week. In the middle of a crazy season, there as well. So lots going on on don't the On Give Blast Podcast Network. Hit us up, send us your comments and questions. Because I say this, and I've lately I've been saying it so much, and I don't know if I've meant it more, but I really did. Used to pray <laughs> for times like this to rhyme like this. This is what podcast is this? The Ball On Blast? Ball podcast. On Blast. <laughs> it's one of them that's how big the network is this is the ball on blast podcast as always unpolished and unapologetic until next time see ya
0: peace this is ball on blast part of the on blast podcast network available on itunes spotify soundcloud and youtube if you like it then subscribe and tell your friends holla on blast.